0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Lovesport Radio. For more, go to LovesportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Lovesport Radio on Twitter.
3: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Good evening and welcome to Love Sport, the Crystal Palace fan show. Uh, I'm I'm looking at DR... Kind of. Uh, there's a camera. <laughs> I've just noticed where he sat. I can't see DR, <laughs> but neither can you, so it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is proper radio, yeah. this. <laughs> I think I prefer you actually, DR, like that. Yeah, this is much
5: better. With a camera covering your face. <laughs> <laughs> can't we wind his chair up? His feet will be dangling, won't they? We? we can't
4: have that. Help and save me. Oh dear. Um, Nick, also, you're back. Good evening. Well done. How are you?
5: Well done for coming back. Yes. yes, I did think long and hard about whether I would do.
4: Yeah, I'm good. Well, no, as, as I was speaking to, to Brian and James, as we, as we tee up what's coming up in the show, I, I walked back out into, into the office and then in came Nick through a door, which I didn't expect him to come out of, so I've just presumed, I've decided <laughs> that for the last two weeks you've been hibernating in that studio. No, no, turning you, 50, you did go mate. home. Turning 50 oh. is hard, mate. I officially, on Sunday, turned 29 and a half. Twenty nine and a half is how you do your birthdays, like yes, D R. You do halfway. Like, back. How How do you, mate? 18 and, a half. and and more than a half. And this is the thing, <laughs> like Nick, I'm sure you can relate. It gets to a certain point in your life when you, like for you right now, you're looking forward to birthdays, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't wait for your twenty first. You can't wait for your twenty second. You know, to be to be an adult, have all these things, and no, to, to I, have responsibility. Actually, you know, I'm happy with eighteen. To be fair, I think I've got. You know, mate, I've, I've got to move this camera. Come on. One second <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I'm happy
0: I'm happy with um 18 I don't think I want to be 21, 22 After 18 I think it gets a bit scary That's what people tell me So I'm happy with How it yes. is right so, now uh, well, for, uh, me,
4: for me it was 18 woo 19 woo 20 woo 21 woo 22 woo 23 24 and 25 Whoa And that's yeah, what happened to me
0: That's why I don't want to
4: And I've I, been lying about my age For four years uh, to, the, to the point I now do half years <laughs> That's brilliant.
5: 44 mm. is quite dull. I didn't like 44. Not, not much no. to celebrate there. 50 was a good one. I had a nice night out well, with it, did, family and stuff. But, but if you say it's bad after you're 18, I've had bad for 32 <laughs> years.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it gets scary. It like, does. You it get scary as the years you start go a set, by. You realise, you're like, wow, I'm getting
6: old. You like, start 19, assessing your 20. life. Yeah, exactly. So
0: well, I, that's why I'm happy with 18. I just want days to go slower.
4: So tell me, Dr. age 21, where, where do you expect to be in life? Um,
0: I actually don't know. Hopefully, I graduate from uni or something. <laughs> that's it, because I'm in uni right now. I think I finish when I'm 21. Yeah, I do. Age 30. All right, you're just pushing ahead. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. His own chain of shops by 30, surely. Yeah, it would just kill lots of kebab shops? Maybe. Yeah, mm. that's a good idea.
4: Well, look if by some you know chance whether it's a good luck or bad luck at in uh seven years time when you hit 25 i'll ask you how you're feeling about turning that age guarantee you it comes a little bit scary it does yeah so 18 year old dr <laughs> uh, dr also since last week nick i'm not sure if you you listen to the show uh but dr announced and confirmed to everyone who didn't know this already that exercise was bad for you because it gives you headaches partially
5: i got a fitbit for my birthday i have a things are available and i love it i've been out walking every single day since i've got it i trained hard for the uh for the marathon march last year Yep, and yeah i'm i'm well into it so fitness is very good so for you it. so you regularly exercise i and... advocate fitness. yeah and how does it feel when you exercise um depends how many cigarettes i've had on my walk but yeah <laughs> no, i feel a lot better it's a it's an adrenaline buzz i mean well i don't know about adrenaline because i don't run or anything but but Nick,
4: um, Nick, D.R. had a run last week. Uh, you went, you went what, half a mile? Uh, h- yeah, yeah, half a mile. I, don't remember. I, I can remember. You went, you went <laughs> half, a, half a mile and he decided to stop because he had a headache. So he, he thought, well, this this isn't right. Running is not good for you. And then we since then had delved into it a little bit deeper and discovered yeah. actually D.R. hadn't gone running for around two years. And Did and he? maybe that was the reason why he didn't agree with him. <laughs> was he hydrated before he left? <laughs> we, me and Hambo, we, we asked all these questions. So what we're doing now, doctor we we'll have a little update. Have you gone for a run since?
0: No. no. And I was thinking about it. earlier on today. I was like, <laughs> oh no, should I go for a run just to say I've gone for a run? What? But no, I haven't gone for a run and I'm actually so guilty. Like, why? Why haven't
4: I? But have we have we changed your minds, me and Hambo? That you know, in fact, you were wrong, and the exercise is good as long as you you know you build it up nice and slowly. You do the necessary hydration, maybe a couple of stretches, and and just build it up slowly. Yeah, I didn't bring a bottle of water with me last time, so maybe it will
5: Did Hambo say that? This is Hambo. Yeah, no, who did no training for the marathon. <laughs> Hambo walk. did
4: make it clear he felt a little bit, you know, you know, hypocritical maybe for for for, for you know bringing it up and, and pointing out to Dr. about his you know his his clear shortcomings here. Um. But yeah, but he wasn't—he wasn't professing that yeah. exercise was in fact bad for you. Voice of
5: experience. He's—he's he's mm. letting the younger generation learn exactly. from his his mistakes, which they will never
4: do anyway. I've got teenage sons who don't listen to a word I say. So. Oh, great one! There we are, and that's our little catch-up for the week, chaps. Yeah. DR I would do it next week.
0: Yeah, hopefully next week I'll go on around three run fr- runs. Yeah, three runs—that's the aim. Go on around three days in a week. Hopefully, we'll be able to
4: exercise his fear of exercise. <laughs> You could I don't know, know what a life plan here you could become eventually. imagine this. picture because we 'cause we've just done like life planning here. Age twenty five, you're a PT, personal trainer, telling people how to exercise. And the thing, you know, in cash you can cast your mind about seven years, that time you said that exercise wasn't good for you.
0: You know, crazy things in life can mm. happen, so I would have yeah, ruled that out.
4: I can't wait to catch up with you in seven years. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Like, See you later, dear. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm rough. <laughs> should we have a little chat about uh, Crystal Palace? Or should we do that later on?
5: Is that cup quarter finalist, Crystal
4: Palace? Yeah, you are FA Cup quarter finalists. Um, yeah. You have Watford in the next round. And also, we'll just mention as well, your next Premier League game is against Leicester City, my Leicester City. Um, so we'll, I'm looking forward to that chat later on. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it you know, to, to a, I, the necessary amount. We've I also bet... got a guest as well, so it's not just me talking at you about Leicester. I bet you like Casabian as well, don't you? Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a strange one, because I'm very much into my indie rock. Um, and Kasabian naturally hold some kind of emotion to me. We 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 play the, the music at the be, um, in the ground before games. They're huge Leicester fans. I've seen them on a number of occasions. I like them, but they're not my, my favourite band. But I I have to say, I like them more because of their association with Leicester City. How do you feel about Kasabian, Nick?
5: They're all right. They're not yeah. as good as Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, who are Palace's um, kind of... Link
4: into the uh pop world and
5: Captain Sensible.
4: We'll we'll we'll, we'll line up some that music in a little while and we can be educated.
0: Yeah, I need education right now because I don't know what's going on. I know I know uh, Sabian, but you
4: I don't, don't know, know those those bands as Nick just said. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't ca- Captain. yeah, exactly. You, you should know, though.
0: I'm 18, you're you you're around 30 years old, so if you don't I'm know, I'm 29 that, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Never call me 30 years old ever again. Producer
4: Paddy, let's have a break. I'm having a fight with DR. <laughs>
1: This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
4: So as requested by yourself, Nick, a bit of Kasabian. <laughs> now, we, we, look, I don't pick the music here. It's just complete coincidence. Um, so yes, DR, I, I am not I am not 30 years old. Um, and, and weirdly, because I've, become, I've been so wary and scared of my age since 25, I have this on-running joke with all my friends that I am 25 years old, that even if I meet someone new, I'll tell them I'm 25. But it's got to the point where my friends actually don't even know how old I am anymore. I'm, I don't know how old you are as well. I don't know what I to I've told believe. you. I'm t- I, on on February the 17th, on Sunday, I turn 29 and a half. I'm being completely honest with you. But, see, it's my 30th birthday this this summer, and you asked me, what am I doing for my, for my 30th? I said, well, the problem is that nobody actually knows how old I am. And for the last four years, I've been kind of wanting to my birthdays to go, you know, past without any kind of excitement, because I don't want people to realise <laughs> I'm getting old. But I've decided I do need to celebrate my 30th birthday. It's a big deal. So... I have announced to everyone that I'm going to be 30 just because I didn't want to organise this huge thing for my birthday and then nobody turn up because I don't actually know how old I am.
5: So you're five days away, yet you're only half a year into your 30th year. Oh, don't confuse me any further.
0: You're confusing
5: me now. Yeah, because you said <laughs> your, your, your birthday's on the 17th. Oh, it's gone, is it? 17th of February, you so say next Saturday?
4: No, 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 29 and a half, so I've got another six months. It's oh, halfway through, right. it's halfway yeah. through. I've got another six months of my 20s.
0: Yeah, that's scary. Oh, I don't know. From experience, Nick, should,
7: Nick, will be we able to help <laughs> you out there? Well,
5: my, my other half didn't actually realise that I was 50 this year. She thought I was 50 next year. And she I'm, was it, a bit <laughs> gutted when I told her. because that, <laughs> <laughs> All this time, she's she was born in the same year as me, but, yeah. but later on in the year. So... It dawned on her that she'd be 50 as well, and I think that hit her more than not remembering my birthday. So. I don't know what, I'd be a little bit annoyed. I don't think she has a little
4: excuse as well if she turned 50 in the same year.
5: I got more than a strimmer this year, though. One year she got me a strimmer, <laughs> and then wondered why I bought her an iron for her <laughs> birthday.
4: Oh, dear, dear me. Right, come on, let's have a chat about Crystal Palace. So let's go Doncaster. Um, solid, decent, safe win, right? Yeah,
0: Um a bit more excitement in the first half, and in the second half it was just pretty much just Doncaster trying to score goals, and Palace not being really effective going forward. So it was a, it was an easy win. Uh, I didn't really expect it to be that easy, but mm. Doncaster going forward they didn't offer as much as I thought they would.
5: Although they did look good going forward. If I I bet they're a good team to watch in that league week in week out. Yeah, mm. I really do. They pass the ball about nicely. They they switch positions really well, but I don't think we got out of. Second or third gear, did we?
0: No, not really. Um, but on Doncaster, yeah, um, for League One side, playing like that, Prussian and Premier League side, I don't think we really expected it, but they didn't change their style, and you have to give credit for them. And that's, you know, League One is not the greatest quality of football, but I imagine Doncaster fans are happy they're, I think, sixth and. The, yeah, the, well, they're, they're,
4: they're pushing for, for playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah, and
0: if they're playing football like that as well, then, you know, hats off to them. I hope they do well because their fans, I wasn't there personally, but from TV, you know, you heard it. And people had to say to them, they said their fans were class, so yeah, good luck to them.
4: Yeah, no, there was, actually, we'll, we'll get on to talk about that. There was sort of lots of things flying around on Twitter about your, your fans over oh. the last couple of days. Mm. Um, but <laughs> in general, about Crystal Palace in, in the game, did it feel like they were up for it, that they wanted, that they really wanted to win this game?
0: They did, but there were I don't know going going forward. Nick said that um, you know they offered a threat, but I don't. I think they could have offered a bit more. Um, We gave the ball away a bit too much, which gave them opportunities. But uh, in terms of um, going in the final third and having a shot, they didn't really they didn't really challenge Hennessy as much as they could have um, with the chances they got. So no, um, no, it, it was a it was a it wasn't an easy game, but it was also not the hardest game of the world.
5: Indeed, indeed. I, like I said, we, we allowed them to to push up. We played the ball about a lot in our own half, which is unusual. Mm. Um, also dangerous. Luckily, it wasn't against a, a more solid opposition. And then just broke when we could, really. I, we were talking about it on the pod last night at backofthenest.com and um, a couple of them were moaning that we weren't pushing hard enough, but I, I said it's the middle of the season. We've got big games coming up, mm. we've got the goals we need, maybe panic a bit if they do score one, but I, I couldn't see it coming.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I ask in the sense of, you know, how did it feel in terms of a Crystal Palace performance in the sense of, you know, were they well up for it, is because really kind of maybe of, of Roy's comments before and after in terms of how he was prioritising the season, and you know, I wondered if that had, a, had an effect on the players in the sense of that there wasn't it wasn't that important. you know. Did that then go into the players?
0: Uh, not really. Um, I remember uh, Patrick van Aanholt on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I think he was watching Newport. Who did a face in the previous round? I'm not too sure, but he's watching a Newport game.
4: Is it against Brentford? Um, who else they got? knocked out by Man City. Yeah. They knocked out Leicester, and who did they have in between?
0: It was a low, it was a low league side. anyways mm. so he was watching the game, and he even he said, "He's like, you have to respect low league side So I, I think the players will focus going into the game, especially in the first half. But because we got we scored two goals, and you look at the second half performance, it seems like the concentration dropped a bit. Yeah, um, we we're giving the, we we're giving the ball away more than we did in the first half, and also going forward, we we're not as effective. Um, so I think the concentration. They drop as the game went on, but in the start of the game, the players were fully focused and um, you have to give credit to the players because easily they could have dropped the focus and Doncaster could have, you know, took the game.
5: Well, what you've got to take into account is Roy's kind of got it right in a sense that his bosses, the money for finishing bottom of the Premier League is more than you get for winning the FA Cup. Now, as a fan, yes, we do want to go to Wembley and win the FA Cup, which team supporters who haven't won it before wouldn't want that, mm. but his bosses are more interested in the Moolah. So the Premier League, as much as we don't like it, has got to take the po- has got to take priority. I think. But I find until it conf- you get to
0: the quarterfinals, and then you should go go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I find it confusing because I remember last week he brushed it off when you know people asked him about relegation. He was yeah. like, "There's teams around us, so I'm not that worried." But then this week he. Went back against it and he was talking about relegation and how yeah. the focus is still the Premier League. So it's a bit confusing with Roy. It seems like every week he just changes his mind on the relegation battle. But we won the game. We're in the quarterfinals and we've got a great chance now to go all the way. Only two of the top six sides are left, City and United. Very hard games, if mm. any, if we come
4: against them. But still, their hope is still there. It's kind of strange, though, with, with the FA Cup. You only need to win three games and then, to yeah. get through to the quarterfinals, and people talk about, "Oh, we've got a cup run." It's like, well, y- y- you do, but it's not. It doesn't doesn't take a lot, does it? You know, I, I just feel that teams should prioritize it a little more because it doesn't take that much to get really quite far in the competition. Yeah,
0: for teams like us, um, I said it on. I I forgot, it was like a morning show and last spot I came on and I said it, for teams like us and Doncaster, it's the next big thing because we don't participate in the Champions League or the Europa League so look at the cup, uh, you know, cup tournaments and the FA Cup is above the League Cup and it's the most important thing for us so as fans and as players, you know, they, I think, they prioritize it, but with managers and owners, it's different because money is involved. It's more about yeah. um, staying up um, and not going down because you could lose out so much. So, but with fans, it, it means a lot. For if we win the FA Cup, that's like equivalent of you know City or United winning the Europa League or something, like, or Chelsea win Europa League or Champions yeah. League because it's the next big thing for us.
4: So, in terms of the team then that that Roy put out, what was it like in terms of how many changes? Was it still more than strong enough?
0: Yeah, I think it was strong lineup. Um, Max Meyer came in, Scott, Dan, and as expected, Wayne Hiddingser came in. Um, it was still a very strong lineup. We, we had Batshuayi and IU playing. And it was a team that you know, it could, well, did beat Doncaster, but yeah, there's no questions about that um Kriarte, he was he was fit but he only made a bench um which I guess because he's probably not fully fit so yeah it was it was a very strong lineup and there' were some good performances out there and some not really, I wouldn't say bad but negative performances from uh Wayne Hennessy anyone
4: but, else you just digging out Wayne
0: uh anyone else negative performance they all, they all had
5: their moments of yes. of dodgy dodgy passes I mean Hennessy whether he had a bet with the bookies on the number of corners that Doncaster were going to have in the first half, I don't know. But he did have the collie wobbles, didn't he?
0: Yeah, not only Hennessy as well. Let me not be hush. Um, Scott Dan as well. Uh, in terms of passing, he had a couple of good moments and a couple of bad moments. Um, I don't know. It's just, it depends on how you look at it as a fan. Some fans picked up the good moments. Some fans just picked up the bad moments. But yeah, it just them two, I don't know, they all bit off it on a day, which was disappointing. But Max Meyer, he, another player who came in, and he, he bossed it in midfield. I thought he was really good.
5: It's good now that we're not looking at players on the bench that are not as good as the players that are out on pitch. They're, it's getting a bit more like-for-like like in, in the talent yeah. area. We've we've moved that up quite a bit now, haven't we?
0: Yeah, and it he helps players on the pitch as well because if you don't perform, then you look at the bench and there's players that could take your spot. So it's good for competitiveness, but we just have to make sure that we remain... You know, have a healthy squad as the season goes on because couple of injuries and then you look at the bench and he just looks so weak so we just have to have luck on our side as well.
4: On Hennessy was there even a need to play him because quite often we see in cup competitions don't we um, you know Premier League sides rotate the goalkeeper they have a goalkeeper who plays in the cup competitions Manchester United do it with Sergio Romero Leicester do it with Danny Ward because they're they're very competent good goalkeepers and they need to play is, is this saying with, with Wayne Hennessy giving him these cup games is that, you know, he's still very much part of the plans? Because for me, I mean, has not played every single game this season, so there's not a need to rest him, is there? There
0: isn't. And I don't think goalkeepers need rest as much as um, football players are no. on the field. Um, so why do you think Hennessy's playing? Just the fact that it's a cup game. I don't. There's no other reason really, because when Hennessy last did come on as a substitution when Gaeta was injured, which was against Watford, who we were going to face um, who we were going to face next round, he had a shocker. So it like if Hennessy had a good game when he was last playing, then I w- I would understand, but he didn't. So the only reason really is that it was a cup game and it's an opportunity to give to him to prove himself, I guess. Yeah,
5: to get minutes, and also it's just occurred to me, and I might be completely on the wrong side of this, but it might be Roy's message saying to people, that, look, we've had a word about this incident mm. in the restaurant the other week that was all over Twitter. We're, we're behind you, we're backing you, and to show that, we're going to stick you in goal. I'd have preferred Spironi because he, he's played in the previous rounds.
4: How do you feel about Hennessy in general, though, Nick? It, did, do you feel less confident and, and comfortable when he's between the sticks? Mm.
5: No, He doesn't seem to be as good as Guy Because hmm.
4: that's the vibe I get from from Twitter. And I see the team yeah. uses, is out, and I see that Hennessy's playing, and I see lots of Crystal Palace fans tweeting, and I follow lots of you guys, and that, that's the that's the vibe I get. He's
5: been a bit of a scapegoat, which is yeah. interesting, because there's always scapegoats. Is that justified? <sighs> sometimes, yes, with his flappy hands. He <laughs> looks like he's got a pair of marigolds on, but he hasn't actually <laughs> put his fingers inside <laughs> them sometimes. To, to uh, be f- yeah so but with with scapegoats, and I'm sure we'll come back to him later with Jeffrey Schlupp is he was yoed mm. yeah. for weeks and weeks, and actually the last three or four months he's actually coming good and scoring goals so um they'll they'll find somebody else to pick on there's there's got to be one player in the squad that that fans hate
0: i yeah with Hennessy, I supported him um you know when he was playing decent, he wasn't playing like World cars. Goalkeeper, but Did he was your, on form.
5: Your Hennessy t shirt on. No, a match, no, a match. no, no. <laughs> I supported
0: him, and you know, fans were still criticizing him when he was playing well. I supported him through then. I said it before the season started that we should sell Hennessy because I never think it's going to be a win win situation. Um, due to how he's played in previous seasons, fans will always dislike him. So, yeah, I've supported him in the past, but now I'm I, I think I'm just done. Like, I think it's time to move on. I even as a, yeah, you know, I. Even me, a person who has sported Hennessy previously, I don't feel comfortable with him in goal anymore. After how he performed against um, Doncaster, I know he didn't have much to do, but when he had, you know, when defenders did pass back to him, he just, he never seemed confident. And I don't know, I think it's just, it's time to move on with Hennessy, get a new goalkeeper and just sell him.
1: Okay, and
4: on that point, we shall move on.
1: We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Lovesport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 558. Lovesport Radio, your fan station.
4: Yeah, uh, welcome back. Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, but also lots of games happening around the country and also in Europe today. There's some big Champions League games this evening, Uh, of course, supporting uh, the English sides involved. Liverpool, well, they host Bayern Munich uh, this evening. Team News is out um, ahead of what is an 8 pm kickoff at Anfield. Two changes made by Jurgen Klopp today for the side that beat Bournemouth. Uh, James Milner drops to the bench. Virgil van Dijk also sidelined due to suspension. That's a big loss, isn't it, for them? Alexander-Arnold and Jordan Henderson come back into the side. And Fabinho, well, he's going to drop into centre-half to partner Joel Matip in central defence. So Just go through that Liverpool side. It's Alisson in goal. Alexander-Arnold, Matip, Fabinho, Robertson, Wijnaldum, Henderson, Keita, Mane, Salah and Firmino. Firmino was a doubt. He missed training yesterday, but he does start this evening. And the team for Bayern Munich, well, do you know what? it's fairly strong, isn't it? It's Neuer in goal, Kimmich, Sula, Hummels, Alaba, Thiago Martinez, James Rodriguez, Serge Nabry, Kingsley Coman and Robert Lewandowski. That one is an 8pm kickoff. Um, usually this evening we have the QPR guys in 9-10, till 10, um, but they've got a game this evening. So we've got Charlton in. So QPR, well, they're hosting. They're hosting West Bromwich Albion. Remember, that they beat them earlier on in the season 7-1. So hoping to exact some kind of revenge mm. this evening. Still without a win, by the way, in 2019. So the They're going to have to be on form tonight. They're going to have to turn that around. But the starting 11 for QPR is Lumley, Furlong, Leisner, Lynch, Wazalek, Cousins, Luongo, Freeman, Bidwell, Wells and Smith. So Smith's been in good form as of late. Eze still on the bench. Very interesting there. AFC Wimbledon, were well, there in action as well they're playing Rochdale, huge game for them that's winnable, it's absolutely winnable if they want to get out of this situation, they're seven points adrift, they're going to have to start winning games and tonight would be a great time to do it the team for them is Aaron Ramsden in goal, Terrell Thomas, Will Nightingale Anthony Hartigan, Steve Seddon Toby Sibick, Rod McDonald, Shane McLaughlin Anthony Wordsworth, Michael Falevi and Joe Piggott, those are 7:45 kickoffs updates throughout the evening. Also, just a quick word as well in the National League, Barnet are in action, they are playing Sutton United. So, I'll we'll try to update you on those ones as well. Right, there we are. Geoffrey Schlupchaps, hmm. we spoke about him, Nick. You mentioned maybe previously being a bit of a scapegoat, and I think he's kind of maybe been that throughout his career. He's an interesting player, he's not particularly nice to watch on the eye, he's rugged, he's raw. Um, he can be a little bit all over the place. You kind of feel like he doesn't know what he's doing sometimes with the ball, but he's relatively mm. effective, isn't he?
5: Well, he's put five in the onion bag this year. Yeah, he's um, been one of these players who gets the ball and drives forward. Um, it was mentioned by um, one at the back of the nest, I think uh, Terence at RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk. Yeah, if you want to follow him, um, that he's uh, missing out on Loftus Cheek. Answer. And actually, That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I think he's kind of doing what Loftus Cheek did in, in picking up the ball quite deep, taking it forward. He's got bags of speed on him. That Yeah, he's bags him. of speed, and you saw that twice. Once with with the goal, and there was one moment. I think it was in the first half where he sprinted back so quickly to make an excellent tackle. So he's one of these utility players who can he could fill in for one bissaka if need be Um, he can play that left midfield and I'm sure he's playing centre midfield he can play left wing forward possibly as well
4: Mm. well that's apparently his natural position left wing
0: yeah I think Um, Geoffrey Chalup I've been critical of him in the past but I still feel like my reasons were there because he didn't do do it consistently he'll have one good game Mm. five bad games but Lately, he's been on a decent run of form, you know. he's He's been playing good for a couple games now and he's been effective going forward and defensively. Um, so, yeah, hats off to Jeffrey Slopp. And it opens more questions. If Jeffrey Slopp is playing this good, if Max Meyer is playing this good, what are you going to do with the lineup? Because Kyoto was in this lineup, Wilfred Zaha was in this lineup as well. So, hats off to Jeffrey Slop. Um, in the past, some may argue he's been a scapegoat, but I don't think so. I think it's justified, um, the, crit- and the criticism towards him. But yeah, he's in a good run of form and scored a brilliant goal against Doncaster. Mm.
4: What are we making now of this central midfield position? Because, I mean, as a Leicester fan, I watched Jeffrey come through as a kid. He played as a striker. He came through as a striker, was breaking all kind of goal-scoring records. Scored, a, I think he scored hat, back-to-back hat-tricks when he yeah. first came through. Then he was converted to a left-back because he was left-footed and we didn't have anyone else. And then he kind of moved to left midfield, which I think most people decided that was his most natural position. Never, ever, ever did I look at Jeffrey Schlupp and think you have the ability to play in central midfield. But he's doing it, and and he's doing okay. Does he look natural there?
5: I don't think he actually looks natural <laughs> wherever he plays. But yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. He it's, does. His, it's
4: strange. It's strange. He's following in the
5: instructions because there were times towards the start of the season and and quite rightly he was criticised but I think I said at the time it might be that he's only following out instructions of the gaffer Mm. you know because very rarely do do, um, footballers go rogue and go go off the plan do they Um, so I think that was more him doing as he was told but as he's played more and played better then the confidence builds and other players will have more confidence in him so he's going to see
4: more of the ball yeah um, so what? So in your eyes, then, Nick, in terms of obviously, Di just mentioned the players currently out, you know, And Meyer, then obviously producing a, a good performance, scoring a goal. Where do you where do you where do you sit with the, the central midfield options that you've got? Does Does Schlupp keep his place?
5: Depends on the opposition, I think.
4: Okay, Leicester City. Does he keep Leicester his place? City, I think he should game.
5: because there's the old adage of scoring against your old team, so you've <laughs> you've, you've definitely got to keep that one in. Um, let's look at who we have got. We have got Luca. I don't think we can not have Luca. We've got um, Jimmy Mack.
0: Yeah,
4: and he feel, feels like he's a favourite of Roy's, he, isn't he? Yeah, he
0: wasn't playing. Mm. He he sat down against Doncaster, so yeah, Jimmy Mac.
5: But he's another player that will pop up and score eight, nine goals a season, which you need if your strike force aren't scoring. So
0: what? But, but I think it's a bit. Um, I don't know. I think if you, I feel like you're asking a bit too much of Jimmy Mack because. He hasn't really shown that this season.
5: But yeah, but he has he's got goals. He's got goals in him and he's come close and, and he's he's missed a fair few as well. But Yeah, he
0: missed he had a shocker um, last home game. Yeah. He it was just like he's decision making, what are you doing? Um, so I'm not too sure. I think Jimmy Mack needs a bit of rest. I think he's played more than I think, I don't know if he's even missed five games this season. He's played like majority of the games. So I think Jimmy Mack needs a rest. But as I said, competition is yeah. good.
4: Okay, uh, chaps, uh, it's just gone half seven. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we be speaking to speak a palace legend, uh, Jeff Chelman Thomas is going to join us on the phone.
1: From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio.
4: Nick and Dr. from the back of the nest in the studio for the Crystal Palace fans here on Love Sport Radio. But I'd like to say we've got a a Palace legend on the phone right now. Jeff, Thomas, Jeff, good evening.
6: Good evening to you.
4: So uh, let's start. Let's start with some FA Cup chat. We're in the quarterfinals. Is it time now for Roy to start prioritising this and going for it? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible
2: to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
3: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
6: Oh, it's, it's one of the <laughs> tough ones, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the, the players that have been brought in, like a lot of the, the teams that you find in a premiership now seem to give opportunities to players, and if you get through, then it's, it's difficult to drop them. But um, yeah, if it was me, I would start thinking and dreaming of Wembley and, and uh, a bit of silverware, for sure.
4: Yeah, but it's, an easy, it's an easy stick to throw at them again, though, isn't it? That If you, if you get knocked out and you've not played that, that full-strength side, you really open yourself up to criticism, don't you?
6: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you look at Manchester City, who are in the running for everything you know, they you, they go to Newport and you'd expect them uh, to put out a weak inside, but no, they went really strong and, um, you know, it, it, it's like the manager sort of saying, I respect the FA Cup still, and I think, you know, the priorities now, obviously, staying in the Premiership and doing well in the Premiership, obviously, at every position is millions more pounds to the club, so... It, it's a it's a really tough balancing act, and it's it's hard to criticise one way or the other, really.
4: Yeah, but Jeff, as a, as a former player, how would you feel about the kind of the, the rotation as such? Would, do, would you have any concerns at all about being able to play? You know, both competitions because it's not like you mentioned Man City where they've got you know FA Cup final, sorry, FA Cup, League Cup final, Champions yeah. League, Premier League. You know, they they have to. There's no way that all those players could play 60 games in a season. But with with Crystal Palace, do you have any concerns that they've got the squad to be able to, to play FA Cup and Premier League on both fronts?
6: Yeah, I mean, if you're a player and you're playing well and you're enjoying your football and results are going pretty well, then you don't really want to be sat out for any game, whatever game it is. And I think, um, you know, Palace are on a decent run at the moment as well. And I think, um, I believe that if you've got a strong squad, Yes, use it, but when you've got a team that's performing well, try not to tinker with it too much, for sure.
4: Yeah, we're we're not obviously going to, you know, dismiss or belittle Watford whatsoever because they're they're doing superbly this season. But mm. it's not Manchester United and it's not Manchester City. There's a huge chance, isn't it, to get to a cup semi final and to be at Wembley.
6: It is, and I think the you know a positive from a negative really that Watford went to Sellers Park recently and took the three points, and I think. You know, as a, you're looking at the draw and it wasn't that inspiring, you know, because you've got, like, your, your potential Brightons or Millwall or the big clubs, you know, there, there was something about them games. But Watford is, uh, they're a good side and uh, I know Ben Foster really well and he's he's performing never so well. And, you know, they're, they're churning out good results as well. So it's going to be a close game, but it's a, it's a game that Palace can... You know, if, like you say, if they put out a strong side for sure. They, they're more than capable of um, getting through to the next round. Yeah, indeed. Hello,
5: Jeff. Nick here from back of the nest. How are you doing?
6: Yeah, good. Just just going back way in
5: time to when we had a glorious cup run. Um, we faced Rochdale and we faced Cambridge on route. How, how dif- different was it? Kind of preparing for those games. I'm, I'm thinking back to how Roy would have prepared his team against Doncaster. <laughs>
6: really, it was. Steve Koppel, because we were new to the top-flight football, he he, he saw the FA Cup as a little bit of light relief from the pressures of, you know, putting yourselves up against the the big club. So, when the FA Cup rounds came along, he decided to take us away uh, after the league game and training a couple of days in the sun, relaxing, and then coming back for the FA Cup. And... Our, the preparation was totally different to any league game, to be honest. And um, and when we got all the way to the final, they couldn't change that. So it, <laughs> we were finding our, ourselves on a plane to Tenerife after every single league game just a week before the, um, the FA Cup game. So, yeah, sadly we wouldn't do it for every league game, but um, it definitely worked that year for the FA Cup.
5: Yeah, maybe Billericke or, or somewhere exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it might be. And we... We didn't win that year, the cup final, and we had the replay and everything, and we won't go over old ground there, but no. how much of a springboard was that for us finishing third in the old first division the following year? Did it give you a sense of self-belief?
6: Yeah, massive. Um, I think the side was sort of gelling together, and Steve was adding a few players to, to the side as we're going through that season. You know, we saw Nigel Martin come in, uh, Eric Young, Andy Thorne. All these uh, these players really added to what was a good squad already obviously we had fabulous um attack you know with ian Wright and mark bright it was it was just a case of adding to that to to really springboard us on a really successful season the next season
0: hi jeff um just quickly on jeffrey Slapp he's been on a decent run of form lately what have you made him um so far what have we made of him so far this season of oh, who sorry uh jeffrey Schlupp, um he's been on a good run of form um lately what have you made of him so far this season
6: yeah i I think i've seen palace play a number of times not enough to have you know probably the same insight as you guys have got but i think players need any player, no matter who you are need to have a a couple of performances behind you to grow in confidence and yeah you can see he's one of them you can see him he's, he's he's uh, enjoying it a little bit more, and uh, you can likewise for quite a number of the squad. You know, I, I think it's frustrating that the, the big guy up front, ben Tech is um, still, you know, with injury and everything, he's not really got the momentum going this season. He has done the last couple of seasons, helping the side out. But with Schlup I think he's one of them players that, again, is improving as the season goes on.
0: Well, have you, uh, another player who has been criticised by Palace fans all, well, all season long, and Wayne Hennessy. Do you think his time is up at Palace? Do you think he'll be right if he, if he moves on, it will be best for the club and best for him? Or do you think that we should still stick by him?
6: I think he's, he's always, you know, his stature He's a big goalkeeper. He's got all the, um, he's got the physique, he's got every attribute you need to be a good goalkeeper and it's a difficult position. You know, you make a mistake as a goalkeeper, you're you lambasted. You know, you make a, a mistake in midfield, you can get away with it sometimes. You know, then Wayne was having a good season. You know, he was playing well. His form was good. A lot of people were following what everybody was saying on social media. They were saying he's doing really well. But, you know, it takes a, a couple of games out of the side and, you know, you get your number two coming in and doing well, then it's, it's difficult for him to come back, but I don't know. Sometimes keepers are different to players. Keepers they have a different mentality. They they seem to work together as a, the keepers' union, so to speak. And I think um, it's different from being a centre forward that's been out of the side for a while. You know, so it's up to Wayne. It's it's and up to the club how are they going to play on uh, how you know his situation and his career really.
5: Just, just moving you away from football ever so slightly. We've been, some of us, have been following your cycling career. Um, are you, what are you taking on this year, Jeff? Anything?
6: Well, we're, we're, we're <coughs> it sounds like I'm, we're doing London Paris again in September,
7: Fantastic.
5: where we take
6: about um, 150 people, and we're t- we trying to do it where it's as safe as possible. So it's different speed groups and closed roads. So that'll be a four-day ride in September, and then. Uh, with a company called Deutsche Bank, who's a uh, corporate partner of ours, um, riding down to Barcelona in October. So a couple of um, challenges, but we're planning, we've got um, planning stages now for 2020, and celebrating 15 years since I went into remission, we're... We're going to take on the Tour de France again, so we're just pulling all the, the bits together to, to make that happen.
5: All I can say to that is, Chapeau, have you have you got details of the charity for us, Jeff, just so we can uh, get some more, more yeah, money in your coffers? Yeah, I mean, the,
6: the charity does great things. There's uh, a lot of work in the clinical research and fast-tracking new hope and new therapies to patients. So it's Cure Leukaemia. It's just uh, simply tap that into Google and Cure Leukaemia, and it'll... Um, tell you all the details about the charity and the, and the work it funds.
4: All right, top stuff, yeah. Uh, if I want to find out some more. Jeff, just kind of last couple of questions on, on, on Palace. Roy was talking in the build-up and after the game against Doncaster that Premier League was the priority. Do you have any concerns at all about them staying up this year?
6: Uh, you know, I went to see them at uh, the Etihad and they did such a great job. You know, they, they nullified... Everything uh, City were throwing at them, and obviously some cracking goals that day, um, there was no fear whatsoever. Then I went down to Sellers and watched them against Chelsea and put in what I thought was a quite an for performance, really. Mm. It, it, they, they probably were a little bit, I don't know, I, they, they probably thought Chelsea were a lot better than they were, and took the foot off it a little bit. and didn't look like they were at the races that day and I, yeah I walked away from that thinking um, you know everybody seemed to be doing quite well around them at that time but like you said earlier they're, they're on a great run at the moment and they're playing with confidence and you know everybody seems to be enjoying it and the club seems to be buoyant again so I've got no fear whatsoever about I think they'll end up in the top half anyway
4: alright brilliant Jeff thank you so much for your time
6: any time brilliant, brilliant Cheers, stuff Cheers. there
4: we are Chris Pass Legend Jeff Thomas uh, Cure Leukaemia by the way uh, doing wonderful lots and lots of good stuff uh, for them right up next uh, going to continue the chat maybe about Schlup. maybe we'll move forward and talk about your Max Myers and your Batchel
1: Wise yeah. Love Sports
4: Thank you very much once again to Jeff Thomas. Really, really enjoyed uh, speaking to him. Um, very, very good stuff. Look, chaps, let's continue to, to round off uh, the Doncaster and FA Cup chat, uh, kind of to, to finish the hour before we move on to various other things. Um, positives first. Um, you reckon Luka continues to kind of just cement himself as such a vital part of this team.
0: Yeah, he was fantastic against John Caster, um reading passes and intercepting them. And also for the first goal, you know, passing to Jeffrey Schlup. he made a great run for the goal. I don't know, if we didn't have Luca, I honestly don't know if the result would have been different because he was that good on a day.
5: He, well, you say he's passed to Jeffrey Schlup, but you completely omitted the fact that he slid in to intercept the ball first, got yeah. up quickly to to lay it out get it back and pass it out again yeah, that's, yeah. and then his ball to Townsend for the second goal and there's no other word than exquisite mm. and considering you know the size of him it, it was just brilliant and he just knew where to play
0: it and he was another player earlier on in the season where he was you know shrugging massively and people were like what's going on so he's turned it around which is another positive but we still got one or two like um, James McArthur who needs to turn it around but yeah it's a, it was a, it was a positive
4: yeah i find miliovic a, a bit of a strange one in the sense of usually when when a, a player comes into a premier league side who isn't a kid and he was coming from olympiakos usually i know about them you know or i've at least heard of them i knew nothing of Luka miliovic he wasn't a kid and there's there's a thing with you know serbians and croatians like young because it's a they've got a wonderfully kind of huge talent pool there's mm. lots of great players coming through those nations Miljovic wasn't a name anyone knew about and he came from Olympiakos for again not a kind of a huge amount of fanfare yeah. it, it was under um, Allardyce wasn't it yeah but you bought him for a lot of money as well and I th- he's just settled in so seamlessly and he just looks such a, a solid calm and he doesn't let anybody down he's so reliable as well from, from set pieces I mean what a signing
5: well, we, I knew he was good just from the reaction of the, the Olympiacos fans when he was leaving them. They, yeah. were, they were absolutely gutted to see him go. So that, that's always a good
0: sign, isn't it? Well, to be fair, we were happy when Jordan much left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it's not always the best of signs. No. But, but um, yeah, when we did get him, it was under Allardyce. And he was, he was fantastic the way he settled in. he seemed like he's played in the Premier League all his life. But yeah, he had, he had issues with Serbia, um, with the national team. And I think many people suggested that was the reason why he was a bit poor. Mm. But now he's he's returned back to being a captain and being a leader on
4: pitch. Yeah, no, I have to say I rate him a very, very highly indeed. Um, Max Meyer got himself a start, got himself a goal. But on the whole, what was his performance like? Is that likely to stick him up the, the, the pecking order as such? Or was it just, is a positive but that's kind of as far as it goes?
0: I don't know anymore because... Max Meyer has had good games. It's not like Max has played and has bad games. Mm. He has good games, but it still doesn't change the fact that Roy doesn't start him. So we're going to have but to wait and per- see.
4: What was his performance
0: like, though? It was a good performance. Yeah. he got a goal. Um, he was, you know, he, you could see he, he was noticeable on the pitch. Kept going back and also helping out going forward. It was, it was a good performance. I like what I saw. But the question is, would Roy start him against Leicester? I Honestly, I don't know because when he has had good performances, um, the most noticeable one was against Manchester City. He got yeah. dropped the following game against Cardiff. He looked good in that game, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So I honestly don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, another good performance. And fingers crossed, Roy starts to you know play him because the creativity he brings on the pitch, you know, with his fast footwork and his passing, is is just great. Would that
5: be over Macarthur?
0: Yeah, Macarthur hasn't performed as well to warrant you know warrant the starting position. So. It makes sense to start Max Meyer ahead of James McArthur, but the only thing that I think um, Roy will start Maca is that it's the fact that Mako has that energy. You know, on a pitch he just runs and runs and runs continuously and doesn't stop. So that's the only reason why I think Roy might start James McArthur because he likes people who work hard, just like Jeffrey Schlupp.
5: He's got a really good, developing a really good understanding with Wilf as well.
0: Exactly. Um, against last game, um, when it did come on, uh, it was against West Ham. The plays between him and Wilfred Zaha, you'd think, Oh wow, they played all season long in every game. They just they just click. Mm. And if you wanna get the best out of Wilf, you play Max Meyer because it, it helps, you know, it helps um, get the best out of Wilf, And it gives the opposition something something else to think about because he's a creative player. And if you give too much time
4: on a the ball, then, he, you know, he
0: could cause damage
4: to you. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. Does Maya bring out the best in Wilfred Zahar? Um, we mentioned with, with Jeff Benteke, but the other striker that played got a start. Batchuaye um, didn't score. Was it a good run out for him? Did he look closer to, to be able to start a game, or were you kind of a little bit underwhelmed by his performance? He was a bit isolated. I felt like yeah. he didn't
0: really he didn't really get the ball as much as I wanted him to. And I don't know. It was it was in a it wasn't a great performance. I don't know whether it was his fault. Okay. Part of me says that it wasn't his fault, and part of me says that you know he had a, he had a good chance. Um, I think it was in the second half. Bad where, touch, yeah, bad second touch, mm. which you know, gave the goalkeeper the advantage. But it wasn't really a great performance. I don't know.
5: He seems to want to get more involved than Benteke does. Um, if we're going to compare the two, but I don't. Yeah, he wasn't really afforded the opportunity to get time on the ball, was he? I think he had something like thirty-four touches in the time that he it's was on the pitch, <laughs> which isn't a lot. Um but when he came on against I think it might have been West Ham actually yeah. and replaced Benteke he did more in the first 2 minutes of him being on than Benteke did mm. with the previous but Benteke is fantastic at holding up the ball and and receiving it on the halfway line on on his chest yeah Controlling it and laying it off, Batshui hasn't really got that in him. But batshui has yeah. got the skills to to beat people. So,
4: so chaps, as things stand, going into the Leicester game, if Roy's going to say, "Look, I'm playing one up front. Who do you choose, Benteke or Batchui?" Are um,
0: you? No, are you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> was it an option, Nick? Um,
0: but Benteke got, or Batshui, Which I'll one? I'll go with Benteke because last time. I remember when when I went Leicester away when mm. we beat you guys three 0 Was that when he had to stop yeah. on the toilet? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was that game. But also, Benteke scored. I remember Benteke scored. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't remember that yeah, story. Yeah, I remember that. I only remember one story now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll start Benteke. Um, I don't. I feel. I feel like when Batsuya has come off the bench, he, he he looked more effective. So maybe just you know keep him you, coming off the bench. Do you think now.
5: they could play together? Batsuya and Benteke.
4: I don't think they have enough. They could because Batory is different to Benteke. I think they're they're both good target men, good strikers. But do you know what I mean? They don't they don't link. I don't I don't see them as those link strikers, partnership strikers. Just I, don't
0: see it. I, I do, I do in a way because Benteke is your target man. Yeah, and then you have batchelor next to him who can actually dribble with the ball. And I'm not, I'm not saying Benteke can't, but he's more effective yeah. on a ball in terms of his technique
4: and he's got fast footwork. I just don't see them as dynamic enough. Do you know what I mean? I I, I do. Honestly, I do. I don't know what the listeners think. but What do you think, Nick? Do you reckon they could play up together?
5: <laughs> I think they'd need time to gel, and I don't think we've got that time. No. I think actually. It well, was a loan
4: spell initially, so you've only got, what, 12 games left anyway?
5: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think. Um, I don't know going to be honest, I <laughs> really don't know. know. <laughs> he just doesn't know. Well,
4: well, luckily there's lots of people listening who maybe have got an idea. Um, guys, what do you think? Um, can Benteke can Michi Batshuayi play up front together? Have you got time to be able to to afford this partnership to possibly uh, blossom at Love Sport Radio as the Twitter handle o two o eight seventy twenty five five. Eight is the number that you need to ring. A couple of goals uh, to update you from. Um, QPR, well, they've been in dreadful form in the championship and that looks like it's going to continue this evening. West Brom have already broken the deadlock inside just five minutes at Loftus Road. Um, Jefferson Montero, the former Swansea Winger, has fired in his first goal for the club. And a bit of a mad one already uh, between Gillingham and Sunderland. Um, Less than 10 minutes played. Three goals already gone in. Sunderland are winning 2-1. More in just a couple of moments here on Love Sport. Love Sport. Welcome back, Love Sport Radio, the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Just got 8pm on for another hour. We've got Nick and DR from the back of the Nesta with me again just to update you on those scores. By the way, that goal... Um, for Rochdale against AFC Wimbledon, scored after just two minutes. What an awful, this is the worst start there by Wally Downs' side. Um, as far as their promo- what promotion, their relegation, survival hopes go this season. They need to start winning. Rochdale is a winnable one, but it's not started well. But there's still plenty of time for them to turn it around. Our other London side involved in action today, QPR. They're at home against West Brom, trying to avenge that 7-1 defeat earlier in the season. But also a torrid start for them. Just five minutes in, and Jefferson Montero scored. Those Champions League games have now kicked off. By the way, Liverpool at home against Bayern Munich, which leads me very swiftly, swiftly on to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, your right back, brilliant player. Been linked with them in the week. What do you make of that? it's yeah. a bit strange, isn't it? Not saying he's not good enough, but when you know, it just m- must be pretty surreal.
0: Yeah. Well, he's he's been linked with a couple of good clubs now. Um I think last week he was Dortmund, now he's gone to Bayern Munich, forty million. I think forty million is too low for him, especially for a club like us. He's still young and in the future you n- you never know what his ceiling is. He can become one of the best right backs in the world. Um mm-hmm. he's one of the best uh, young um right back under 21 right backs in the world so martin from
4: the from the sun by the way during the week came out i read this i listened to it said that aaron Wan-Bissaka is the best right back in the premier league yeah yeah he's up there for, like you know that's a big claim again it's debatable it's you know, debatable about, but he's up there mm-hmm. I, I think he's up there Who i think you... i think no i think it's hard to disagree and and i remember then i was, I was sat with, with some other guys and we started debating it and started going through the teams yes there are probably players better than Aaron Wan-Bissaka but in terms of if you're going to go right now who's been the best right back in the Premier League this season it's hard to argue against anyone other than Bissaka.
5: Gareth Southgate's been to watch him a lot I know that much. Mm-hmm. He's, I... got, he's
4: got a few right backs though, haven't he? he's got Alexander-Arnold so that's the only one where I think actually if I'm, if I'm completely brutally honest I know you're for your Palace fans yeah. I would take Alexander-Arnold over Wan-Bissaka but I mean I would be perfectly comfortable and fine what, with either you, of them playing. Are
5: you worried about him being a bit green and not not played for in such high esteem or for, for England before because as soon as he came in for Palace, was it against Tottenham?
4: It, it, it was back to the was yeah, fight, it was. wasn't it? It was, yeah, he yeah played, it was. He it played was. all the big home sides game. straight away, home
0: game against Tottenham,
5: and it, every one of those teams swapped their wingers over because yeah. they and was like, bleh, I can't say, Aaron had the, had the better of them, <laughs> yeah. had them in his pocket. Um, 40 million, you've got to look at the what potential there is, haven't you? I mean. I, I think he's got potential to be an 80, 90 million pound player in the future.
4: But do right backs go for that? What, what right back has ever gone for that kind of cash? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we all, we all like, as fans of our club, stick price tags on our footballers. But let's, let's be realistic in the reality of stuff. You know, what players go for that kind of cash? If Kyle
0: Walker went for 50 million and you can use Aaron Wambasaka's age as an advantage, mm. I can see him going for 70 million. Maybe in two or three seasons, but everyone raised that's, eyebrows that's nearly
4: done. Man City paying all that money for the fullbacks. They bought Mendy and Wa- Walker. Walker was 55 million pounds, but yeah. this is a guy who had already proved himself to be he was Premier League team of the year, you know, he'd, on, on a couple of occasions playing Champions League football, England regular. Wambasaka, yes, he's very good, but it, it's more for, for, for Wambasaka, it's more about his age and potential. And the top football clubs aren't necessarily going to be burning that, they, they, they want. To, they well, they need them to be able to go straight in right now. So there's a the difference, isn't it? I don't think I think Man City would be interested in Wan but I don't think they'd pay as much for Wan as they did for Carl Walker. I Perhaps.
0: I think they will I think they will pay more in two years' time if Aaron, Aaron Wan Bissaka keeps up. Mm. Why not? If if you're going to pay that much for Carl Walker, I understand he was mm. brilliant. But Aaron Wan as you said, he's got a potential to be um to, you know, team Anything of the year right be. back. Yeah, team and, and and right back in the Premier League. So he has a potential to do what kyle walker's done but also he's got age on his side he's he's only 20 years old
5: what what helps is also the fact he's english and if we've got to have a quota of english players mm. then that's going to push his uh, premier league price up um which potentially pushes his price up for going abroad if he did i would say if he did go i'd rather he went abroad
4: well do you know what that leads me to my next question because again when we stick price tags on footballers um, sometimes, again, if you're Spurs Spurs are looking at thinking, why on earth are we selling Carl Walker to, to Man City, you know we're, we're up there in the Premier League, you know, is it really that much of a step up, of course it is in terms of financial but, you know, th- they could make that argument now with Wan-Bissaka, it's like, well why would we want to sell him, or why would we sell him to, to someone in the Premier League, because it's just going to strengthen our, our, our rivals, you know, whether you're competing against them directly in the league or not, they are a direct rival you know, would you, would you, then I think that does naturally probably add about 10, 15 20 million pounds, so if Bayern Munich, unit come in, would you think you're perhaps more open to you know, negotiating with them and probably take £10 million less because you're not giving your best talent to someone else in your league? Uh,
5: perhaps but what you've got to think of is what are we are going to get back for whatever we get for wan now? If we're looking at uh, rebuilding the squad a bit, which I think Roy might be doing next season if he's still with us, is he's going to want to get as much money in as he can and maybe buy two players with that or three players to invest in the squad and see more people build up than maybe just try and get a like for well you wouldn't get a like for like no. I don't think you get anybody better the stats show it he's he's won the most tackles um, has he got the most interceptions as well he's just
4: brilliant yeah <laughs> he's just yeah brilliant. No, I I, did, I, was, I, I, I was actually weirdly I looked for it the other day. Because it, it's got the top five right backs, which actually includes Leicester's Ricardo Pereira in terms of assists, in terms of goals, in terms of crosses, tackles, interceptions, and it was it's actually on stats alone. It was Alexander Arnold, Wan and Ricardo Pereira. They were above all these other players at these top sides. You know the stats suggest. You know he is up there in the top three. And it's got
0: room for improvement as well. Where does it, he improve? Crosses. I think he could improve a bit uh, better with his crosses. And then once it, you know, once he does, then who knows how many assists he'll get hmm. and that's another advantage you know Kieran, Tri- Kieran Trippier he got so many assists with um with his crossing abilities if Aaron Wan-Bissaka can develop you know his turn- his crosses just like Kieran Trippier's then the limit that's what I'm saying there- there's no limit with Aaron Wan-Bissaka right now with him being 20 years old and being this good there's he can always improve on you know the little stuff that will make you know he's value in the future mm. much more
4: it'd be really interesting you know if these, these next England squads there's been so much talk obviously about Declan Rice you know do, where, does he come straight into this, this England squad because of his ability and his age and you're comparing him automatically to Eric Dyer and Jordan Henderson um, and both of those guys actually don't get a lot of Love or respect from England fans. Maybe they do at their own clubs, but people are always saying, "Oh, Declan Rice comes straight into that team." But the right back situation is probably just as interesting in the sense that Kyle Walker at the moment isn't first choice or not guaranteed, as he's not playing as much as what he once was under Pep. So it feels like he is slowly being phased out. And he also wasn't first choice right back at the World Cup. It was Kieran Trippier, and everyone was raving about him, saying how amazing he was. And he was. He was. He was our one of our most biggest weapons, along with Harry Maguire, in terms of here's crosses and here's headers. Yeah but he's been slated this year by Spurs fans saying he's rubbish and he's doing you know he's just not up to the same levels as what he was. So right now you really have got Alexander Arnold and Wamba Saka and it'd be really brave it would be great and I actually think it would be brilliant if Gareth Southgate in his next squad said look we are building for for 20 for for the next next tournament let's put in these kids now.
0: I'm I'm very confident he'll get selected um when the ne- next set of international break comes along because you look. Roy- Gareth Southgate likes to have youth in his side, uh, you know, and Aaron wan age plays a great part, mm. and he's a fantastic footballer, as you said. Carl Walker, he's not preferred by Manchester City, and also Kieran Trippier, he's he's you know going a bit downhill this season, so it only makes sense to put Aaron wan into the into the side. I, he deserves to get selected,
4: and I think he will
0: get selected. When the next self international break comes along,
4: yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see indeed a number of interesting calls potentially there for Gareth Southgate to make. Aaron Wambasanka link with a £40 million move to Bayern Munich. By the way, they're in action this evening. They're paying Liverpool in the Champions League. Just over 10 minutes played, and it is still goalless. You're listening to Love Sport Radio. It's the Crystal Palace Fan Show. <laughs>
1: This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
4: For Hambo, we've got some four-word reviews, chaps. Have we got them ready? I love this bed.
5: I've
4: got. It can't, it can't help but change the way you talk when it's playing. You noticed? It's. It, yeah. I feel like I'm hosting a completely different show, and I love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what, what would the show be called? Are we. I think we had this discussion last week. Was it about Graham Tarranton's Late Night Love? Did we? Do yeah, this? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I was Valentine's Day related. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah.
4: Did, did you ever listen to that on the old local network, 10 p.m. Monday to Friday? Basically, it was Dear Deirdre, but on the radio. And yeah. as a kid, it was kind of like a rite of passage. You know, when, when mum and dad let you have your own radio in your own room, you know, you had your own privileges. And I used to stick the radio on I used to listen to Graham Tarranton, and people would write and ring and call in about their love problems, and Craig would sort them out.
5: Oh, I listened to John Peel.
4: Wow, well, he missed out. Yeah. That's why my, my love life is so successful these days, all because of all the advice I got off Graham. Yeah, bring I'm him in, back. I'm nearly 30 years old and, and very much single. Um, so, Graham, I could do with some advice, my friend. Let's have some four-word reviews. Let's have <laughs> <Yeah>. some
5: four-word <laughs> reviews. See, now you're
4: doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D, I expect you to turn on the the smooth radio presenter. <clears throat> yeah.
5: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was like being in a room with Barry White.
4: That was impressive, mate. It was good. Right, come on. Let's get these going. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Max Mayer, Donny Slayer.
4: Oh, I like that one. That's there we are. from... I'm going to do a, a ranking system from now on. <laughs> that's <laughs>
5: Mr. Cabri's Parrot.
4: Naturally, that is leading so yeah. far. Top of the lead. Yeah, next.
5: Claire, at Claire Reed. He- Hennessy makes me nervous.
4: Sellers,
5: <laughs> <laughs> S- nope. Thunder Lights. Scott Dan can't pass. Um, Kevin, avoided today's banana skin. Okay.
4: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
5: David Bray I've got to wet my whistle for this Happy Schlub, silences <laughs> critics professional job well done says Mark Smethurst at promo Man um, Luke Chester, I know his brother man train nightmare <laughs> Donny Delight um, Mark Jones says we did enough just about SF Jerry Max proves himself again Are you like right,
4: what's that four words? I mean, you're you you the one. Who,
5: just, no, did enough, just about.
4: Oh, all right. But no, but good. Yeah. You're listening. Yeah, Thank no, you. I'm listening. listening yeah, <laughs> Nick, carry on.
5: Harry Cambridge, a job well done. <laughs> Lee Allen Cooper disagrees. Not good, but through. Ian John Jackson, Max, Max, Max. Max <laughs> I don't know what he's I think to he loves Max yeah. he just loves the name Max what's the, what's the
4: message what's he trying to say it
5: wasn't when it wasn't Harry met clear, Sally was though it? was it <laughs> really um, well done professional job says Lewis Gillum. James Thompson not bad at all um, a few about the draw in the next round so let's not get Manchester it's good but the wonder call and it's out of date now um, Connor McLean says we've got the name on the cup hmm <laughs> And we'll finish with Mickey Boyce. I'm sure he was in uh, Only Fools and Horses. Boycey. Few. P-H-E-W. Not F-E-W. You've got three fewer words than you needed there, mate. <laughs> um, and Nick Nack Paddywhack was in with two, ga- two two goals, one schlup.
4: Love it. Two goals, That's a close second. That's a close slup, second. Yeah. A close out. I, can't, I can't have those winning. Nick, what was the first one again, please? And who was it from? The first
5: one was from... Mr. Cabris Parrot.
4: Yep, and it was, just reminders,
5: Max Mayer, Johnny Slayer.
4: You are the winner this week. A Love Sport t shirt is in the post <laughs> as soon as Love Sport start making some t shirts. Maybe a while. Well, Maybe.
5: I'm going to put more in if we, if we can win prizes. Yeah. Oh, we're not allowed, are we? Because we
0: we're on it. No, we're allowed. Yeah, you do what you want. So technically, you didn't read my one out. What was your one, Dr? Because I mean, we've already. Decided oh, mine was to win basic. It. I love my
4: club. Yeah, I was happy kid. Oh mate. I, you're better than that. I got creativity. I, I, oh, I, and you, you mentioned as as well the little when Harry met Sally reference. Yeah. Did you do? you, do you know of this, Dr? No. No, I didn't think. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, that's no. producer Paddy straight in my ear. Dr doesn't know. What I he bet is, he so.
5: doesn't even know who Jessica Rabbit is.
4: Do, do, do you know, Dr? Mm. Nope, nope. No, he hasn't lived. He hasn't. I'm too young. Me too. (laughs) You wish. How
0: old am I again? 31 or 30? I don't know.
4: What? I've
0: I've made it quite clear, have I, Nick,
7: how
5: old I am. You're 29 and three halves.
0: Yeah. No, just one half. A second closer to 30. Another second closer to 30.
4: This, that's what, we're, all, we're, we're all getting old. So that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, um, just,
5: ever since we've been on, we're sort of an hour and a quarter nearer a dying, aren't we, dear? This is lovely. Are
4: you trying to say I'm, I'm wasting my life? What are we doing What are we doing here? We doing here? We doing here? Yeah. Am I really, dear? Am I making the most of my life? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you, are mm. you? I don't know anymore. I mean, when I came into the studio today, I was relatively comfortable with the fact that I was now 29 and a half, and now you're making me feel like that's really old. Well, after the break, we're all walking out. yeah go and enjoy life who needs radio who needs Crystal Palace we do we do not you (laughs) You who needs (laughs) Leicester I don't know what, um, that's a good point, Uh, we'll talk about Leicester, maybe from about half eight onwards, we'll we'll squeeze in, we'll squeeze in half an hour chat, Uh, Chris Foran, by the way, um, from Leicester Till I Die podcast, he's going to join us on the phone in around ten or so minutes, Um, chaps just a quick word actually from the game against Doncaster in the FA Cup, I saw varying tweets about your support. lots saying how wonderfully passionate and how loud and brilliant it was they could literally hear it coming through the tv because you do have a reputation of having a great fans but also others mocking almost a little bit with with the the chaps with the with the masks on um what did you think of of the attention your fans were getting over social media the last couple of days i'm not surprised um
0: you're always going to get hate if you have if your class has one of the best sports everyone's going to look at the negative is that what you're saying you, yeah
4: you're there to be taken down yeah
0: because you're the best well one of the I, yeah i think we are the best it depends um many people think we're one of the best but you're always going to better than all the rest yeah Simply. i don't know who. Else. <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't so I'm, I'm not i'm not surprised by it but yeah i'm yeah i think I, the mask. yeah I, i'm i'm is this common this usual um, I don't. You don't really. The t- it was weird because on TV they kept showing and showing it. Yeah, that's not common. They and don't that, normally what show saying, that. Usually,
4: They're, I wouldn't see that. So that's why I'm asking.
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure because I don't sit. Uh, I think I'm not too sure who was it. Was it a fanatics? that done it? I'm not too yeah. sure who it was. That's
4: I think
5: that. there were some Polish people over for the game, and that's kind of a Polish vibe to put those sort of. Mm masks on so fair enough and it was quite nippy but yeah. at least we haven't got sort of like tango men and whatever then, then i'd be a bit worried that was
4: one of these southern fairies was yeah. it We're, wearing no t-shirt in doncaster <laughs> yeah the question is was there any trouble during the oh, game no, no, or after no, the
0: game yeah, suggesting that yeah. for a second so yeah so it, it was just it was just all part of that you know they created great atmosphere the people that went there and i have no issues with it hmm.
5: we've been um lots of supporters from other teams when we've played them at their place have said how great it is to have uh, an away support that sings all through the game Yeah. and all the songs are getting behind the team. So there's nothing derogatory about the other team. It's all positive messages about our own team and none of this silly sign on stuff that people sing at Liverpool and, you know, the, the general horrible stuff. We keep it positive. I don't know what it'll be like when we play Brighton in a couple of weeks, but, but generally, we are good yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, the atmosphere in the Premier League needs to improve though, on a whole. Uh, especially for home yeah. fans. It's always it's always quiet. It's always away fans. Even at Soda Spark nowadays, of I'd, course. Uh, the atmosphere's dropped a bit. And
4: as far as derogatory tra- tra- trance, derogatory chance, yeah. it's not that easy to say. Um, go. Would you, like the rest of the Premier League, sing at Leicester, the Ranieri, you stabbed him in the back, you bunch of beep 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 would you would you sing that one i don't even know it exists at all now oh so maybe you you're <laughs> the one, you're the cause for yeah. it
0: i tell them all to sing it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i wouldn't sing that because every time i'm i'm pretty confident that we're facing this so we hey. don't have to sing that hold
4: it yeah, hold it i'm holding it we're not we're not doing this right now stop we're, we're gonna we're gonna spend half an hour telling you exactly why you're wrong <laughs> and when we come back uh, we're gonna go through some of the list of questions that have been fired into you guys over the past week here we'll discuss them
1: Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice.
4: Welcome back. Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Uh, Some good news for our London clubs. QPR, uh, where they've equalised now against West Brom. Uh, Approaching half-time, Luke Freeman has scored for them. Uh, Wimbledon still losing 1-0. They're away at Rochdale. AFC Wimbledon Fan Show back Sunday 8-9pm. Liverpool by Munich still Goalless. So, chaps, forward reviews completed. It T-shirt in the post. Let's get some listener questions. Dr. Kickers off. What we got?
0: We got one from Chris Chantry. Uh, he asks, how long would it take? our coaches to turn Ronaldo and Messi into Calvin Andrew and Alan Lee <laughs> 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 and he, he, he said in regards to bats missing a couple of chances in the last few games but I want to extend that it's not only not bats uh, bats true I, I think he's talking about there it's, it's other it's other strikers as well I think Roy's got a poor record in terms mm. of um, striker scoring goals I think the highest um, what, from Patrick O'Connor from back of the nest said was Peter Odewingi and
4: that was 9 or 10 yeah uh, so it's not a really good record, is it? So is it tactics then? Well, uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the way that managers set up sides, I always find a little bit strange. You know when, say for instance, we're seeing the same thing with Chelsea at the moment and, and various other, and Manchester United, and then they make a managerial change and then suddenly all these things that were just going so horrendously before suddenly completely change. And I'm like, well, fair enough, the manager's changed. They may like one manager more than the other, but there's still a footballer like William or Pedro or... Pogba don't suddenly become better footballers because those managers have left so why is it suddenly that those guys are scoring goals where they weren't scoring goals before how much influence Nick do you think that a manager has in terms of the strikers is Ben Teke, it's a fair question because he scored goals everywhere else he's been yeah. is the reason he's not scoring goals and now is coming and he's not scoring goals I know it's early days because of the way that Roy sets this team up all the coaches
5: well yeah as DR has said if you look at all all of Roy's other teams, the, the top scorer's been on about nine goals for the season. Mm. I mean, uh, Fulham, their top scorer for a season was AJ with eight. I mean, this is AJ, who's who scored bucket loads for Palace. And all right, he was in the twilight of his career, but it was he was still a good player. So, yeah, the, the fact is now we've got players coming from deep and scoring from other positions. It, mm. It's good. it would be a worry if we weren't. But if that's the way it is, because it used to, the, the palace way used to be. If you cross it, they will score. Be it Murray and Tecker that first season, he yeah. was with us.
0: Yeah, we got anov- was- Yeah, we got another question from Andy. Andy Sparrow. Just quickly, before we move on yeah. to that, what,
4: what do you think? Do you think it's the coaches Do you think it's Roy? Well, if you look at the stats, yes.
0: Um, and the way
4: we play, you, we saw with Batshuayi. He was isolated but he's, but he's had fair few chances since he's been here. So you said that the coaches have coached any kind of goal-scoring instinct he once had away from him.
0: No, I think the game, when he has come on on the pitch, I think the game has changed. You look at West Ham in the second half. West Ham yeah. didn't offer much. I don't think it was down to tactics that Batshuayi came on and was effective. I think it was more down to the opposition just standing off did, did West Ham even have a shot on target in second half I'm not even too sure so I, I think it's, it's partly down to coaches I don't know it, because you look at the stats it, it is what it is Strikers, you know, Roy, hasn't got, Roy hasn't got the best out of Strikers when, the, when, when he's under the coaching ability so I don't know
4: Yeah no, it's an interesting point uh, go on then move on to the next question what is it and Nick are you ready to answer this one in your wisdom Mm. Yeah, it's it's another Batsurai related one. It's from Andy Sparrow. Are we
0: how how we are in danger of wasting a valuable asset like at I Thought he looked a bit lost yesterday and offered a little more than Penteke. If they're both to thrive, we need to tweak our system to allow it. Thought yesterday's performance was very professional and we controlled everything. But I would initially like to have seen them two up top. We talked about this a bit earlier, but do you think it's going to happen? Do you think Roy will do it as much as we would like? For It to happen or not happen <laughs> depends on your views.
5: Roy is not one for kind of changing things too much, is he? It'd be kind of radical for Roy to play them both together, I think.
0: Yeah, but he played Ben Teke and Ayu up front uh, yeah. like only a couple of weeks ago.
5: Yeah, perhaps. It, it, if, if you had Ben Teke with Batshuai just in front, I think that that could possibly work. But who'd you take out?
0: What well, Ben Teke and Batshuai, you take out Jordan Ayu. Okay, and well then... it depends four, four because it'll be I'm I'm trying to I'm looking back at the Doncaster game and we played a different formation. Hmm. If both of them play, it'll be four four two. So I don't it'll be you take out Ayu of course, uh, and then you put Wilf out wide. You'll be Ayu Benteke Townsend, and then you'll have two midfields. So one of the midfielders will have to get sacrificed. I don't know who that will be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's an interesting interesting question. But what about but, right, do you understand that he's he's on loan? Do we have to? You know, maybe that's why
4: Roy won't give him the he's, nod ahead because well, he's not technically our player. And <laughs> I wonder though, within the loan deal, is there a requirement like the often is that he has to play games? Because at the end of the day, Chelsea want to sell him. Okay, yeah, it he, needs he's to be in the shop window, doesn't exactly, he? Exactly, he's not part of the plans. If they're going to send him out on loan. You know, they don't need the money in terms of they can cover his wages, not a problem. They've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. So if they're putting out on loan as opposed to a permanent deal, they're going to want to see some kind of result, whether it's Crystal Palace by him at the end of it. They want somebody else to. So if that player is not playing football during that time, then it completely defeats the point. So, I mean, we don't know because no one's ever going to find out of the, the terms of this contract. But the chance Y may actually be, be required to play a certain amount of games every single game.
0: Mm. We got one more question Go on. from Palace Ash. Um is it time to put our best 11 in the cup?
5: Yeah, we kind of covered this earlier as well. Now now we're in the quarters, yes. What do you think Roy will?
0: But that, yeah, that's that, that's a, that, yeah, that's that's let's change the question up because Wayne Hennessy Many people think that he will start next uh, next round. Do you think Roy will start Wayne Hennessy? Because if it's our best lineup, then Wayne Hennessy shouldn't be there. It should be Vicente centre So, do you think he'll play Wayne Hennessy? <laughs> I
7: really
0: <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I really See the, I mean, the I mean, Colts worrying. It's, but it's it's a worthy question. I think it's it's interesting because when you think of best lineup, you think all hmm. eleven players. But then again, if you put Wayne Hennessy there, you take out the element of best lineup. Yeah. I mean, when is the
4: Watford game just off the top of your head? Is uh, 50, around the f- mid-March. Okay, so you're going to have a few games between then. I actually would imagine that the team that you play against Watford will probably be based on where you are in the Premier League if, if in a few weeks you've lost to Leicester. Um, and then the next two games that you've got, and you find yourselves 18th or 17th, then Roy will be looking at that game against Watford thinking, "To you know what we could really do without this? So I'm going to protect, wrap up in Cottonwall, Zaha, Geita, milojevic everyone. You know, because we can't afford to lose them for these Premier League games. But if you go in the next three games unbeaten and then find yourself in 12th and 10 points clear of the relegation, then I bet you'd be far more open to the idea of saying, yeah, go on, go get me into a cup semi-final. Well, to be
0: fair, we're only three points above relegation zone right now, and he still played a relatively strong lineup. Yeah, so but it's a quarterfinals, I think. It's you have to play your sign 11. I know it's not like we're bottom of the league, it's when we're, we're not bottom of the league, we're not, we're, we're not Huddersfield, so he has to play our strongest 11, I think. But I don't know if you play Wayne Hennessy, technically, if you play everyone else like Wan bissaka and Zaha. But if we then go and play Wayne Hennessy, that takes out the strongest eleven element. And it it, it makes you know, it made a big impact against Doncaster because when uh, no, when passes were getting, you know, coming towards Wayne Hennessy, he struggled and gave away corners from them. Like his first touch wasn't there. So it it does make a big impact. And mm. it's interesting. I he might I think he will go with Wayne Hennessy, which I'm which is the I'm most fearing
4: about <laughs> Nick do you, do you think it depends on where you are by the time you play Watford in the league yeah because I feel definitely. like his mood has changed because of now suddenly where we are
5: definitely it's a very very tightly packed down the bottom I mean mm. I know we're top of that little bottom group
4: yeah but it's it's, it's three points it's one game yeah. and, and you, you, you've but still got what uh, going to be 11 after that one game I said
0: this last week as well three points off relegation zone but six points off ninth place so, as you said, it, it it kind of does depend on the run because if we win two games and all of a sudden end up ninth, then I think he'll go with the strongest lineup. But he sh- regardless of where we are, I think he needs to go with the strongest lineup. Okay, right. Um, DR, it's time. For what? Opposition preview. Can I start yeah. talking about Leicester? Um, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
4: sorry. Look, it only happens twice a season, home and away, but unfortunately for you, you're doing a show with a Leicester City fan and you're playing as next. But you've got a bit of light relief. Before you Before you get my opinion, we're going to have uh, Chris Foran from uh, LCFC Leicester Till I Die podcast on the phone next.
1: From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. The Opposition View. On love sport.
4: Yes, it is the opposition view. So just for for a little while, for a little while longer you can avoid my views and opinions on this game. Up next for Crystal Palace in the Premier League, it is the mighty Leicester City. Um Chris from uh, Leicester City is on the phone now. Chris, good evening. Good evening, Jake. Nice to see you. Have a nice and vibe. <laughs> <laughs> right, look. Chris, if it's okay, I'm going to allow the chaps to ask you all the questions because I think it would be slightly unfair if a Leicester fan is asking a Leicester fan about the Crystal Palace game. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, indeed,
4: yeah. Go, go on, DR. What do you want to know about this game? Ask Chris. Go.
2: So, Leicester, <laughs> lately,
0: what's been, what's been going on with Leicester? Oh,
2: don't, <laughs> uh, let me answer. If, <laughs> if, if I knew that, I'd know the meaning of, uh, meaning of life. Um, Yeah, I think Claude was brought in. We we won the league a few years ago, as you you may have noticed. (laughs) And we had an ageing squad. I mean, it wasn't the youngest squad when we won it, in fairness. And like any team, you know, it slowly has to dismantle. And we're not a team that can go out and do a Man City and buy players. You know, we've tried that. It didn't work. And Prel, we've got a history of bringing you through and that's what he's trying to do I mean you know our last game against Tottenham uh, the average age was about 22 on the pitch he's slowly bringing the youth through and a lot of them are homegrown or, or if he's having to go out and buy he's buying younger players but that's going to take time it's not going to happen overnight and unfortunately when you do something like win the Premier League fans expectations go through the roof and you know we're a fickle lot and we're impatient, and you know everybody thinks we can qualify for the Champions League every year, which we can't. But that's what he's trying to do. It will be interesting to see if he's given the time to do it.
5: That that was going to be my question. Will he have long enough? Because in in today's success at all costs, ridden Premier League, they they they're not really given a chance to build up their teams, are they? You've you've been so so up and down in your results, but is this just? <laughs> new this players coming
2: thing. in or you, you can't I mean Leicester you know as Jake will know, I'll tell you Leicester have always been up and down we'll always go out and beat the top team and lose to the bottom team it just literally is you don't know which Leicester are going to turn up and it is I can say this transition period it's trying different things we don't know one week to the next you know when we, when we won the league you could predict what our team was going to be three or four games in advance it was always virtually the same team You can't do that one game to the next now because he is trying different things. I think he'll be given time as long as we don't get too near the relegation zone. I mean, our owners have shown sort of over the past two seasons they're not afraid to make the big decision and, you know, cut the manager loose when needed. A lot of people are saying if it hadn't been for the tragedy with the chairman, it might have already happened. But I think as long as he, he doesn't get too close to that relegation zone, I think he'll at least be given another season and let's see what he does then.
0: Are there any players that Palace should watch out for? Any players who are in a good run of form or have been decent all season long?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, looking at the results, you wouldn't say so, would you? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, the, the new Lone Signing Team, I mean, he's only played one game, but he looked sort of a really exciting project. And I've got to be totally honest with you, it all depends which Leicester turn up on the day. You know, Leicester turn up on the day, I could turn around and say, watch um, Jamie Vardy. What well, luckily, Mark Brighton has been one of the best players who's out injured. But if, you know, if if it's not the good Leicester that turn up, you know, you probably don't have to. Watch. You won't give. I mean, you won't give Jamie Vardy much space at the back anyway. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, whether he starts again this game but uh i think I think Clemens, he he seems to have made the difference. I mean when we played Tottenham, we actually had twenty two shots on goal to their seven. Yeah. We didn't play badly, we just didn't get the result at the end of the day do you,
5: Do you think Vardy misses Mari?
2: I think anybody would miss Mari wouldn't they i mean yeah you've you <laughs> you
5: know,
2: you, you got two uh, two players that gelled so well together um and the problem is that Vardy plays a certain style. And I think this is why, if you look back, he hasn't moved on. He didn't go to Arsenal. He, so not many of the teams would have played to his strength. He's come out, maybe it was a bit of a dig at Prel, but he's come out and said, you know, he's probably had to look at his style and see if he needs to change his style. He probably does, because after that season, apart from the top six that will sort of give him the space at the back, none of the other teams do. And, you know, he does tend to struggle. And he hasn't been getting the service. In fairness, with the new style
0: of play as well. How do we? Um, how can we? Ex- you know, what can we expect from Leicester on um, Saturday evening in terms of playing style? How, how does Ranieri? Uh, not Ranieri. How does Puel <laughs> approach yeah, games? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. How does Puel uh, uh, approach games? Is he? Would he be more defensive, or would he bring the game to Palace? How would Leicester? You know, How would he approach the game? <laughs>
2: That, that, that's the million dollar question you know he has changed our style. We're not you know the hit you on the break that we used to be. is more cautious. we are playing if you like nicer football, uh maybe not as exciting, but certainly sort of the nicer in as much as you know we, we pass it around a lot uh would we'll be I think we'll be a lot more cautious than we were. That said, it will be interesting to see what he does because the pressure is really starting to build now. We're down to 12. You know, while we're in, set, you know, eighth or night, you could turn around and say, "Well, you know, we're up there in the top half, but we've slipped down to 12." You know, if we lose to you on Saturday, then the pressure really will be on him.
5: Yeah, you, you, like you said, you seem to be in a sort of state of state of flux. When when we played you earlier in the season, I'll be honest, you you disappointed me a lot. I've I thought you'd be a lot better than you
2: were. Um, Dude, we, we we get disappointed. Think of us every game. <laughs> we've, got watch, we've got to watch this, you know. We we go. We know, you know. We would, when we played Tottenham, it was so frustrating because we were playing well. You know, we didn't deserve. Like, you know, the, the third goal was on the breakaway. We were going for the win. We had sort of three strikers on the pitch at the end, were really going for it. We got caught on the breakaway. But if you look at the stats. We did have a good game. We did give Tottenham a good game, but what we lack at the moment is somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net, which is obviously what it's all about.
5: Well, well we know that one. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: But well, you've got Jeff look now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's banging him in, mate. <laughs> banging them in. He used to bang Ed for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, um, yeah,
5: we had Bilassi for that, and uh, Evan decided <laughs> to pay an awful lot of money for him, which yeah. was quite good, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Clappers. Why? <laughs> I've got to ask. Why do you have
2: clappers? They're horrible. Have all the questions, Nick. <laughs> no,
4: we, we got
2: direct. you've got direct. You've got to love the clappers. No. What's up the clappers? Right let, let, right, let me tell you. What, the reason we got the clappers, when we first came up, we had Nigel Pearson as our manager, we were struggling. We were bottom yeah. of the league. We'd been there since Christmas. We had nine games to go. And. It's like anything else, you know, you can say, mm-hmm. yes, this crowd should get behind the players and all this, that and the other, and you're at home, but there wasn't the atmosphere. We were almost resigned that we were going down. Let's say no team before had ever survived the position that Leicester at that time had been in. And they gave these clappers basically to increase the atmosphere, which it did, and I'm not saying, obviously, that's why we suddenly started winning and uh, stayed up. Uh, I think there's probably more to it than that. But it did create an amazing atmosphere. You know, all I will say, is you you look at, I think, Swansea tried it. A few other clubs have tried it as well. But it's just one of those things now, once you started, it does create a good atmosphere and they just do it every game now. So, Chris, what does your and when, it, and, when, and when it's cold as well, it's easier on the hand <laughs> yeah. I was saying it yeah. when you're lazy, it's just
4: a you know, nice, easy just to, to hit it against your knee and a bit of atmosphere. Was I was going to
2: say the side of your leg or the guy yeah. who's sat in front of you. Just it
4: feels, just feels <laughs> like I'm contributing when I can't be bothered to sing. But Chris, how, from your perspective, how do you see this game going? Because notoriously, Leicester this season at home have struggled against the sides in this kind of area, haven't they?
2: Yes, um, thank you so far for not mentioning the uh, the game last season. Was it 5-0 or something? Uh, you think it was,
4: I think it was 4-0 f- four, at our place and then I think it was 5-1 at, at yours. No,
0: was, I think it was 3-0 at your place because that was, that was the game where I Zachary,
4: Saka it. scored late on. It was your first yeah, away win of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, first away. Yeah, yeah I can't so, remember it. <laughs>
2: if I said to you, I'm not I'm not going to do this game filled with confidence, um, <laughs> then uh, you can understand why. Mm. I, I mean, I would never, ever sort of, you know, ever predict against my own team. Um, and I think the fact that we we, we need this win so much now, and we've had a, a run of not particularly, well, not very good results at all. But we have played reasonably good teams. Uh, no disrespect to Palace. This is the game. It's almost a must win game, if you like. Mm. Are, are there any Palace players that you're worried about? Um, shlup, they, they, the shlup, way we're <laughs> name me eleven. Schlupp is the obvious one. I mean, he, you know, he has scored a few for you. Uh, he, he, he used to show signs of brilliance. Leicester have got an amazing record of past players coming back and kicking us where it hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing. I've never known a team like it. So, yeah, if you don't play him, I'd be quite happy there we
4: are that was Chris Foran there from Leicester till I die Um, unfortunately chaps uh, we're going to have to talk about this now Um, I'm going to say lots of similar things to to, uh, what Chris just saying but we'll focus on Palace because it is a Crystal Palace fan show
1: for the fans by the fans love sport radio
4: Just to update you on those scores uh, up and down the country and also in Europe, AFC Wimbledon, they're now losing. Uh, Rochdale have taken the lead again, uh, just about to start the second half in that one. QPR West Brom, uh, it's 1-0 and it is half time as well. In Europe, uh, Liverpool, all goalless in all the Champions League games, but Liverpool by Munich is still goalless uh, there. So we've just been speaking to Chris Foran from Leicester Till I Die podcast, a preview in Palace's next game against Leicester City. how much confidence do you take as a Palace fan over those recent results? You just mentioned them before the break that you have been so good against us. Not, not to the point that winning the games, but you've absolutely destroyed us.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's, that, that plays a part in terms of um, being confident. But also, um, we play better away from home normally. So I'm confident and I'm confident that we'll get a result. Um, I think at least a draw. We should be aiming to get a draw. Just like... Um, Chris said, "It's it's like a must win for Leicester, and it's kind of it's. I would say it's a must win, but it's it's edging, it's edging towards you know must win game for Palace as well. Do you share this optimism, Nick?
5: Yeah, I mean, just having a look at the league table now, what Leicester are four or five points ahead of Crystal Palace, so five points ahead, five yeah. points. You you could potentially be sucked in if other results go against you. So, and and we we could potentially get clear if results go." Go go right for us. So, I mean, it, a lot of it depends on, on how much you bring the game to Palace because the games Palace have found difficult mm. are where the opposition expect us to take the game to them, where our outlet's normally the breakaway football, isn't it? We, we, we've we struggled when teams have sat back.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, the way that Leicester have played under Puel is this possession-based football, like Chris mentioned. It's, it's, I mean, there's lots of complaints that it's boring. I actually don't necessarily share those complaints. It's it's a little bit one dimensional as opposed to to boring. Um, but Leicester have struggled when teams sit in. That's because we we're unable to to break them down. Do do you think that going on what Roy and Palace would have seen this season, they're likely to come at Leicester and attack? Um, no, definitely sit in because it's worked for
0: sides like West Ham, sides around the mid table. You know, um, so it, I think it will continue. We'll just sit back and try to hit Leicester on a counter because. It worked fantastically against Fulham as well. Um, Fulham really struggled to break us down. When it, against West Ham, it worked well. Um, so I, I think we'll have this, a similar approach. And as you said, um, Leicester aren't that great going forward. So I think we can take advantage mm. of that. Well, let me ask you a question. Is this, is, is this an easy three points for Palace?
4: No, it's not, it's, it's not an easy three point. I know you did put that in the, yeah. the notes. It, it must be. So, so before every show, I get provided a running order, which, which the guys do for me. And, and under the section Leicester Preview at 8.40, uh, DR has put bullet point easy three points question um, mark. Which I didn't initially um, notice because DR, I don't really read your notes. Um, but you, you pointed out to me as soon as you come. Did you see that bit? Did you see that bit? But no, look, it's not an easy three points. It's a really, really strange one. Um, I mean, Leicester's last three games, yeah. We played Liverpool, Man United, and Spurs. For 70% of all three of those games, we've been the better team. Honestly, no question. But we lose the games. As Chris mentioned, 22 shots against Spurs. I was there at Wembley. Leicester were good. But the problem is, we start horrifically. We concede first in every single game. It's something like 15 goals in the first 25 minutes this season. We've conceded more than anyone else. So we play well, but only when we're losing. We don't score any goals. So So this is going to be a nil-nil. We're going to attack. You're not going to attack. We can't score. And then obviously, because you don't go in front, the game's just going to completely cancel each other out. So there's no point playing it. Let's just call it nil-nil. I'm happy with that. I'll see you next week. He's worried about losing. Yeah, he's worried about losing. It is the kind of game that we've lost this season.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a bit similar to Palace. You have you talked about facing good sides and you actually played good against them and you haven't picked up points. But when it comes to sides around the mid-table and sides similar to you, that's where you've struggled against. And that's what I think Palace can... I know we've struggled as well, but mm. because we're away from home and we defend well... I think we can take advantage of that—that that the fact that Leicester do struggle against sides and you know, size of Palace.
4: Yeah. So look, just just to kind of bring up an example, I'll go through our season in terms of the games at home against those teams you'd expect us to, or you'd want us, or, the, or or certainly the manager and the fans would be would be you know looking at points for. I mean, our last home game against Southampton, we started with two defensive midfielders against a team in the relegation zone. And they went down to 10 men. And we still lost the game. We lost 2-1 against Southampton. And then the game before that, we lost 1-0 at home against Cardiff. Next game, we lost at home against Spurs. Uh, then beat Watford at home. Then drew with Southampton, 0-0. Drew with Burnley, 0-0. Drew with West Ham, 1-0. Lost against Everton. Um, beat Huddersfield. But everyone's beat Huddersfield. <laughs> and and that's and that's the story of our season. That if a team sits in and manages to grab an early goal we don't have a plan B and we don't quite have that guile and, and flair and, and creativity which is strange because we were talking earlier about having these strikers and then thinking well why why are they not scoring because they've scored everywhere else well Esther have got so many creative players you know with the likes of James Madison Harvey Barnes Demari Gray you know Jamie Vardy there's a lot of attacking talent there yeah. but they're, they're unable to break sides down and you you have to you have to question the manager in terms of his tactics mm. but I think uh, another positive for Palace is the that fact that Zaha's back. Yeah. Kuyate. I mean, you had, beat us without him. Uh, yeah. You're on the season, remember? Yeah, yeah. Zaha's
0: back and Kuy- Kuyate is fit. So yeah. Yeah.
4: didn't that break have Zaha Hudu? Yeah. That's I the think thing It did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the first time you'd won a prony game without him against Leicester.
0: So our depth is going to improve because you're going to see. I think Ayu will be dropped. I don't know if Kuyate. I'm. I'll be. I'm going to be really fascinated to see the lineup because it'll be interesting because Jeffrey Slut played good. Mm. Max Meyer played. And Schlopp's gonna be desperate I, to play I, yeah, as well. And Luke and Luke Milovic played most of the you know, front three he played well apart from Batshoi and Jordan Ayu, so I disagree there. I thought he had a good match. I thought he yeah. had a really good match, Jordan, Jordan fighting,
5: uh, against Doncaster.
0: But running back, running back he, you know, defensively he was good. He was running back and tracking back. But going forward at times he was a bit greedy. Mm. I remember in remember in the first half where he could have just easily squared it. And then he just went for the shot. I think it it just wasn't his game. And I'm not going to criticise him because he has turned the corner since, uh, since the start of the new year. But I think it was just one bad game. But you, if you don't perform well and there's other players that's waiting for start a you know, position in the starting lineup, then you'll probably get dropped.
5: That, that has been a big difference, having not Options. quite every position, but having somebody just as good or not quite as good, but not so far apart in... You trust talent. them, you trust yeah. them at least.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we'll have to back as well. In terms of depth, what about Leicester? Have you got any players that could come off the bench and could cause Palace problems? The,
4: the only issue is up front that we've only got Jamie Vardy. Um, mm-hmm. So against Spurs, Claude Puel did this genius thing of leaving <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Vardy on the bench. <laughs> Wait, until you got a penalty. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but bear <laughs> on, Jamie Vardy, the guy who scored 7-7 seven in seven against Spurs and scored more goals against anyone in the top six since he joined the Premier League. You know, that that Jamie Vardy put him on the bench, started Damari Graham, midfielder up front on his own, and put Ian Acho, Okazaki, and Jamie Vardy on the bench. That,
5: that's almost as insane as the Chelsea coach putting swapping the right back over with 10 minutes to go and yes. two minutes down. <laughs> I mean, what, what's that all about? No, look,
4: Jamie Vardy is, is top dog and he, he will start the game. If Jamie Vardy plays well, he sets the tempo for everything. If you allow him to play, then Leicester tend to do well. If you nullify Jamie Vardy or he doesn't play very well, then Leicester then than struggle and he doesn't trust Ian actually he doesn't trust Okazaki um to to to, to, to play. So I mean yeah, you, you stop Vardy, then you've got a fairly decent chance of winning the game. Has he peaked, Vardy? It's not it's an interesting one. I, I think he obviously he's peaked. I mean but the peak was fairly decent. It was yeah. fairly high. You know, twenty-four goals, eleven and eleven, Premier League title, playing for England. It was pretty spectacular. He is now he's thirty-two actually, he's just turned thirty-two. He has he's not slowing down and he's still by country mile our best player and most important player. So is he peaked? Yes he has, but is he still very 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 good? Yes. Have Leicester peaked? Uh, what do oh. you mean have we peaked? I mean <laughs> how much higher do you go, Nick? How much higher do you go? Of course we've peaked, but we certainly should be a lot higher than what we are right now and that and that's 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 the issue that we look at our squad and we're not I know Chris mentioned earlier that you know fans are saying we should be in the Champions League nobody nobody has ever said that nobody thinks that it's just we look at our squad and the potential and think it's really good so and what, we've got so much money as well at the club the only thing that's holding us back in my opinion is the manager so what's the expectations where do you want to finish well you look at the look at the, the league table right now yeah we should be it should be Leicester or Everton batting out for seventh as far as squad and as far as you know resources go it should be those two teams what about Palace? You you, you, got, you, you, you know, you're not Di. You, you know, you should you, not be seventh. Ah, oh, we can't really debate. We're coming towards the end of the show; otherwise, we'd we'll have debated this. But we've got a very strong squad as well. Of course, well. you have. You should. You should be higher than where you are. We're, okay.
5: We're, we're just starting to come into our own. Very last quick question for go you. Go on. Fulham are down, I think. Huddersfield yeah, down. Fulham, Huddersfield gone. What's your prediction for that last spot? I there's think there's a lot it's going to be there.
4: either Newcastle or Brighton. I think Southampton will be fine. I think Cardiff will be fine. I think Palace will be fine.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Just say Brighton one more time going down and think, I'll be happy. I think Brighton <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: right. or Newcastle are going to be in trouble and the other two are no, gone. Just
5: Brighton, just Brighton.
4: Okay. Just, no, just Brighton, Brighton favourites to go down. <laughs> yes. yes, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure as always the last couple of hours. So let's get those score predictions. Be kind, I'm sat right
0: here. 2-0 Palace.
4: <laughs> that's not kind. Nick?
0: <laughs> 3-1 Palace. What's your prediction?
4: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nil-nil. Honestly, I would take a nil-nil right now the way the season's gone. Uh, DR, Nick, it's been great fun. Uh, We shall see you next week.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Lovesport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Lovesport Radio on Twitter.
3: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.